0: Part five of Chapter eleven of Book Wealth of Nations This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephen Escalera. The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. Part five of Chapter eleven of Book One of the Rent of Land. Variations in the proportion between the respective values of gold and silver. Before the discovery of the mines of America, the value of fine gold to fine silver was regulated in the different mines of Europe, between the proportions of 1 to 10 and 1 to 12, that is, an ounce of fine gold was supposed to be worth from 10 to 12 ounces of fine silver. About the middle of the last century it came to be regulated between the proportions of 1 to 14 and 1 to 15 that is, an ounce of fine gold, came to be supposed worth between fourteen and fifteen ounces of fine silver. Gold rose in its nominal value, or in the quantity of silver which was given for it. Both metals sunk in their real value, or in the quantity of labour which they could purchase, but silver sunk more than gold. Though both the gold and silver mines of America exceeded in fertility all those which had ever been known before, the fertility of the silver mines had, it seems, been proportionally still greater than that of the gold ones. The greater quantities of silver carried annually from Europe to India have, in some of the English settlements, gradually reduced the value of that metal in proportion to gold in the mint of calcutta an ounce of fine gold is supposed to be worth fifteen ounces of fine silver in the same manner as in europe it is in the mint perhaps rated too high for the value which it bears in the market of bengal in china the proportion of gold to silver still continues as one to ten or one to twelve in japan it is said to be as one to eight The proportion between the quantities of gold and silver annually imported into Europe, according to Mr. Megan's account, is as one to twenty-two nearly. That is, for one ounce of gold, there are imported a little more than twenty-two ounces of silver. The great quantity of silver sent annually to the East Indies reduces, he supposes, the quantities of those metals which remain in Europe to the proportion of one to fourteen or fifteen, the proportion of their values. The proportion between their values, he seems to think, must necessarily be the same as that between their quantities, and would therefore be as one to twenty-two, were it not for this greater exportation of silver. But the ordinary proportion between the respective values of two commodities is not necessarily the same as that between the quantities of them which are commonly in the market. The price of an ox, reckoned at ten guineas, is about three score times the price of a lamb, reckoned at three shillings sixpence. It would be absurd, however, to infer from thence, that there are commonly in the market threescore lamps for one ox, and it would be just as absurd to infer, because an ounce of gold will commonly purchase from fourteen or fifteen ounces of silver, that there are commonly in the market only fourteen or fifteen ounces of silver for one ounce of gold. The quantity of silver commonly in the market, it is probable, is much greater in the proportion to that of gold than the value of a certain quantity of gold is to that of an equal quantity of silver. The whole quantity of a cheap commodity brought to market is commonly not only greater, but of greater value, than the whole quantity of a dear one. The whole quantity of bread annually brought to market is not only greater, but of greater value, than the whole quantity of butchers' meat. The whole quantity of butcher's meat, than the whole quantity of poultry, and the whole quantity of poultry, than the whole quantity of wild fowl there are so many more purchasers for the cheap than for the dear commodity that not only a greater quantity of it but a greater value can commonly be disposed of the whole quantity therefore of the cheap commodity must commonly be in greater proportion to the whole quantity of the dear one than the value of a certain quantity of the dear one is to the value of an equal quantity of the cheap one when we compare the precious metals with one another silver is a cheap and gold a dear commodity We ought naturally to expect, therefore, that there should always be in the market not only a greater quantity, but a greater value of silver than of gold. Let any man who has a little of both compare his own silver with his gold plate, and he will probably find that not only the quantity, but the value of the former greatly exceeds that of the latter. Many people besides have a good deal of silver who have no gold plate which, even with those who have it, is generally confined to watch-cases, snuff-boxes, and such like trinkets, of which the whole amount is seldom of great value. In the British coin, indeed, the value of the gold preponderates greatly, but it is not so in that of all countries. In the coin of some countries the value of the two metals is nearly equal. In the Scotch coin, before the union with England, the gold preponderated very little, though it did somewhat, as it appears by the accounts of the mint. In the coin of many countries the silver preponderates. In France the largest sums are commonly paid in that metal, and it is there difficult to get more gold than what is necessary to carry about in your pocket. The superior value, however, of the silver plate above that of the gold, which takes place in all countries, will much more than compensate the preponderancy of the gold coin above the silver, which takes place only in some countries. Though, in one sense of the word, silver always has been, and probably always will be, much cheaper than gold, yet in another sense gold may perhaps, in the present state of the Spanish market, be said to be somewhat cheaper than silver. A commodity may be said to be dear or cheap, not only according to the absolute greatness or smallness of its usual price, but according as that price is more or less above the lowest for which it is possible to bring it to market for any considerable time together. This lowest price is that which barely replaces, with a moderate profit, the stock which must be employed in bringing the commodity thither. It is the price which affords nothing to the landlord, of which rent makes not any component part, but which resolves itself altogether into wages and profit. But, in the present state of the Spanish market, gold is certainly somewhat nearer to this lowest price than silver. The tax of the king of Spain upon gold is only one-twentieth part of the standard metal, or five per cent whereas his tax upon silver amounts to one-tenth part of it, or to ten per cent. In these taxes, too, it has already been observed, consists the whole rent of the greater part of the gold and silver mines of Spanish America, and that upon gold is still worse paid than that upon silver. The profits of the undertakers of gold mines, too, as they more rarely make a fortune, must, in general, be still more moderate than those of the undertakers of silver mines, The price of Spanish gold, therefore, as it affords both less rent and less profit, must, in the Spanish market, be somewhat nearer to the lowest price for which it is possible to bring it thither, than the price of Spanish silver. When all expenses are computed, the whole quantity of the one metal, it would seem, cannot, in the Spanish market, be disposed of so advantageously as the whole quantity of the other. The tax, indeed, of the king of Portugal upon the gold of the Brazils is the same with the ancient tax of the king of Spain upon the silver of Mexico and Peru, or one-fifth part of the standard metal. It may therefore be uncertain whether to the general market of Europe the whole mass of American gold comes at a price nearer to the lowest for which it is possible to bring it thither than the whole mass of American silver. The price of diamonds and other precious stones may, perhaps, be still nearer to the lowest price at which it is possible to bring them to market than even the price of gold. Though it is not very probable that any part of a tax, which is not only imposed upon one of the most proper subjects of taxation, a mere luxury and superfluity, but which affords so very important a revenue as the tax upon silver, will ever be given up as long as it is possible to pay it. Yet the same impossibility of paying it, which, in 1736, made it necessary to reduce it from one-fifth to one-tenth, may in time make it necessary to reduce it still further, in the same manner as it made it necessary to reduce the tax upon gold to one-twentieth that the silver mines of spanish america like all other mines become gradually more expensive in the working on account of the greater depths at which it is necessary to carry on the works and of the greater expense of drawing out the water and of supplying them with fresh air at those depths is acknowledged by everybody who has inquired into the state of those mines these causes which are equivalent to a growing scarcity of silver for a commodity may be said to grow scarce when it becomes more difficult and expensive to collect a certain quantity of it must in time produce one or other of the three following events the increase of the expense must either first be compensated altogether by a proportionable increase in the price of the metal or secondly it must be compensated altogether by a proportionable diminution of the tax upon silver or thirdly it must be compensated partly by the one and partly by the other of those two expedients this third event is very possible As gold rose in its price in proportion to silver, notwithstanding a great diminution of the tax upon gold, so silver might rise in its price in proportion to labor and commodities, notwithstanding an equal diminution of the tax upon silver. Such successive reductions of the tax, however, though they may not prevent altogether, must certainly retard, more or less, the rise of the value of silver in the European market in consequence of such reductions many mines may be wrought which could not be wrought before because they could not afford to pay the old tax and the quantity of silver annually brought to market must always be somewhat greater and therefore the value of any given quantity somewhat less than it otherwise would have been In consequence of the reduction in seventeen thirty six the value of silver in the european market though it may not at this day be lower than before that reduction is probably at least ten per cent lower than it would have been had the court of spain continued to exact the old tax that notwithstanding this reduction the value of silver has during the course of the present century begun to rise somewhat in the european market the facts and arguments which have been alleged above dispose me to believe or more properly to suspect and conjecture for the best opinion which i can form upon this subject scarce perhaps deserve the name of belief the rise indeed supposing there has been any has hitherto been so very small that after all that has been said it may perhaps appear to many people uncertain not only whether this event has actually taken place but whether the contrary may not have taken place or whether the value of silver may not still continue to fall in the european market It must be observed, however, that whatever may be the supposed annual importation of gold and silver, there must be a certain period at which the annual consumption of those metals will be equal to that annual importation. Their consumption must increase as their mass increases, or rather in a much greater proportion. As their mass increases, their value diminishes. They are more used and less cared for, and their consumption consequently increases in a greater proportion than their mass. After a certain period, therefore, the annual consumption of those metals must, in this manner, become equal to their annual importation, provided that importation is not continually increasing, which, in the present times, is not supposed to be the case. If, when the annual consumption has become equal to the annual importation, the annual importation should gradually diminish, the annual consumption may, for some time, exceed the annual importation. The mass of those metals may gradually and insensibly diminish, and their value gradually and insensibly rise, till the annual importation becoming again stationary, the annual consumption will gradually and insensibly accommodate itself to what that annual importation can maintain. Grounds of the Suspicion that the Value of Silver Still Continues to Decrease The increase of the wealth of Europe, and the popular notion that as the quantity of the precious metals naturally increases with the increase of wealth, so their value diminishes as their quantity increases, may perhaps dispose many people to believe that their value still continues to fall in the European market, and the still gradually increasing price of many parts of the rude produce of land may confirm them still farther in this opinion that that increase in the quantity of the precious metals which arises in any country from the increase of wealth has no tendency to diminish their value i have endeavoured to show already gold and silver naturally resort to a rich country for the same reason that all sorts of luxuries and curiosities resort to it not because they are cheaper there than in poorer countries but because they are dearer or because a better price is given for them it is the superiority of price which attracts them and as soon as that superiority ceases, they necessarily cease to go thither. If you accept corn and such other vegetables, as are raised altogether by human industry, that all other sorts of rude produce, cattle, poultry, game of all kinds, the useful fossils and minerals of the earth, etc., naturally grow dearer, as the society advances in wealth and improvement, I have endeavoured to show already. Though such commodities, therefore, come to exchange for a greater quantity of silver than before, it will not from thence follow that silver has become really cheaper, or will purchase less labour than before, but that such commodities have become really dearer, or will purchase more labour than before. It is not their nominal price only, but their real price, which rises in the progress of improvement. The rise of their nominal price is the effect, not of any degradation of the value of silver, but of the rise in their real price. End of Book 1, Chapter 11, Part 5